So, we got a lot of ground to cover. Um, and, uh, and, and here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna look at five words. We're gonna use five words that are gonna sort of guide us through our conversation today. Okay, it's the word church, the word purpose. We're gonna talk about the word connection, the word unity. I think I got those two in the wrong order, but it doesn't matter, uh, those five words. And then finally, we're gonna talk about health. Okay, so we're gonna talk church, purpose, unity, connection, and health. Those are the words that are gonna guide us through it. Let's start with the first one, church. We are a church. That is what we are. We are His Hands Church. Now, we are not uh, necessarily a typical church. We are not what we sometimes call churchy. His Hands has never been a, like a churchy church in the, in the sense that, I'm just to be honest, we don't take ourselves super seriously. Uh, we don't believe that we have the market cornered on every single aspect of, of what is true. Uh, we believe passionately that Jesus is the single answer for the world. That is our world is looking to all the craziness that's going on around us, Jesus is it, he's the answer. But we don't get caught up in that kind of like churchy religion where we start to, to be these, these extremely uh, serious people who look down on others and think that we're right, everyone else is wrong, and that's not how we are. We've, we've always been kind of a, of a unique place. But we are a church. And, and so I've been thinking this question a lot over the last few years because of all the changes in church and how we've operated and what we've done, especially during you know, 2020, what, what is church? Like what is a church and what is it supposed to be? Because for the first time ever, at least with our church, church could be something that we watch. We never did online streaming, we never did cameras prior to, to COVID, COVID sort of forced our hand in that. And the reason we hadn't done it wasn't that we weren't able to do it, it's just that we had this sort of philosophical struggle with like, is that, what we're supposed to do. Do we want there to be this, this option where it's like, oh, I'll just watch. And you know what, here's the deal. I'm glad we do that. In fact, in the early days of us doing the streaming, I heard from people that said, you know, uh, I had a family member who was in the hospital and they were able to watch every Sunday. And it reminded me of people I've known that in the past had been in the hospital or had had really tough situations and they couldn't be here and they had no ability to, to, to watch with us. And so those of you watching from home, I'm glad that you're watching. We're glad that, that this is your church. We really are. Um, but, but church has to be something more than, than something that we watch. That's not, at the end of the day, what church is. It also has to be something more than, than an event that we go to. You know, we have language like, I went to church. And what we mean is, you know, I, I was there, I experienced it. But, but church has to be more than an, an event that we attend. Because if that's what church is, if it's just something that we attend, eventually, you know, we've kind of been there, done that. Even the most exciting event you can imagine, like if you went to it five, six, seven times, there comes a point where you're kind of like, yeah, I've, I've been here before, I've done this before. And, and you just, it loses that sort of, that passion. Because church is not meant to be something that we, we simply watch or something that we simply attend. Church is something that we are. We are the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, if you're not familiar, he said, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. This is an analogy that, that Paul really likes to use. He's trying to figure out, like, how can I explain who we are? Like, what is this new thing that we're part of that Jesus has created? And his favorite analogy is the body. And Jesus is the head, and all of us, we're all parts of the body. Each of us together we come together and we are the, the church, the body of Christ as it's called sometimes. And we work together and we move together to accomplish what Jesus, the head of our body, wants done. We work together to make sure that people in our culture, people in our community and beyond know that they are loved deeply by God, know that Jesus is the answer for their lives, know that they haven't messed it all up beyond God's repair, not even close. We exist to love people to Jesus because we're the body. And so I say that because there's always the temptation for church to just become something we go to, something we watch, even sometimes something we do. You know, we, we go through the actions, the motions. We can volunteer, we can serve, but we have to be reminded that church is something we are. You are the church. You are his hands church. We are this body working together. And today we're gonna talk about some ways that we can, we can jump in and be active because if we're gonna be a body, let's be an active one. Like, let's have abs, you know, let's go, let's do it. Let's be that kind of church. And the reality is, if you're gonna be part of the church, you want to take part in it. 
Like to be part of it, you gotta take part in it. And as we talked this morning about opportunities coming up for that, that'll help you grow, it's like, I'm excited because I'll give you this, I don't know if you guys know this, I have a son who plays basketball. Um, I never talk about this. And yesterday, guys, yesterday, uh, we're in this game, we're up in Cumming, Georgia last night, and it's, it's third quarter. We're down by a few points and three straight possessions, Liam hits threes, boom, 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 three straight possessions, nine unanswered points, we never look back, we win. And I'm in the stance and I'm just like, everyone can tell he's my son, right? <laughs> like everyone can tell. And, uh, and I'm, I'm like losing it, but you know what? As much fun as it was for me to watch him do that does not compare to the joy that he experienced being on the court doing it. There is a joy that you experience when you're doing, when you're active, that you never get to experience when you observe. And so there's, there's always opportunities to, to be part of the church and to take part in it. And I just wanna encourage us on the front end to realize that's what the church is. It's not an organization, it's an organism. That's something that's been said for years and it's true. We're the church. Let's talk about purpose. If you walk around our hallways, you see lots of pictures of, of trees. Marlon Yoder has, has been painting these, these tree paintings and you know we all celebrate Marlon and yeah, we should. So I don't know where Marlon's at. Great job, Marlon. But uh, is Marlon, yeah, there's Marlon. I love you, Marlon. But like, you know that the, tr the, the tree thing, that happened because of this place, right? Like, yeah, so Steve, who is uh, the second best pastor his hands has ever had, um, he, uh, he's in the top two, for sure. Um, so Steve had a teaching in the early days and, and it was on the tree of life. And that, that message spoke to many of us. It spoke to, to Marlon. That's when Marlon began to paint these trees. And the idea was, was this, we are a tree of life church. Now you might be new and go, what in the world is that? There's a lot of symbolism in the Bible. Matt read from Revelation and there's a lot of symbolism in that. And that's because a lot of scripture is poetry. It's poetic, it's beautiful. And, and this idea of the tree of life, it, it stems from this story at the very beginning of the Bible. It's the story of, of God making people and he puts them in a garden and this garden is filled with, with trees and they're able to eat freely. There's two trees of significance. There's the tree of life and then there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And actually in Hebrew, which was the language that was originally written in, it actually translates even more simply. It's just the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. And God says, hey, you can eat from all these trees, even the tree of life, just don't eat from that tree of, of good and bad. If you eat from that tree, it'll ruin everything. You'll experience death. But one of the things that we as people are amazing at is doing what we've been told not to do. Like how, how many of us have mastered that art? I am really good at doing what I've been told not to do. In fact, if you tell me not to do something, it makes me wanna do it more. And so guess what? The people, they end up eating from that tree and it changes everything. Scripture says that their eyes were open and they become aware of, of what's right and wrong. And that might seem like a good thing it might seem like, yeah, that, that should happen, but, but think about it this way. I know I, I've explained it this way before. It's what always jumps into my mind as a father. I'm at a really new place as a dad where I have these four amazing kids. They're all incredible. But even my youngest, Eli, who I love so much, he's, he's so fun. But he is my youngest. He is at the age where he definitely knows right from wrong. I now have all of my children that are, are old enough to really know right from wrong. It's the first time in my life where all of my kids have been at that stage and it's hard. Because they know right from wrong, I have a responsibility to hold them accountable to that. So I end up playing the part of, of the disciplinarian far more often than I'd like to. Because my choices as a father are just, you know, ignore it, let them do what they know is wrong and just fine, whatever. Or I can hold them accountable and say, because you know right from wrong, I now have to hold you accountable to doing what is right. When God created us, it's almost like he never wanted to have that dynamic with us. He wanted us to be so innocent that our relationship with him was just love. But instead, we ate from the wrong tree and ever since then, humanity has been obsessed with, with good and bad, right and wrong. And it changes, it changes by the decade. What used to be viewed as right will sometimes now be viewed as wrong. What used to be viewed as wrong is now viewed as right. But every culture, every generation has their definition of what is right and what is wrong. And if you're, if you're in the right, you're good. And if you're in the wrong, you're bad. And we define ourselves that way. We define ourselves good, bad. We define how we, we operate in our jobs. Am I good at my job? Am I bad at it? How are we as a spouse, as a parent, as a child, as a student, good or bad? 
But you know what's interesting is as a father, I don't view my children that way. I don't say, well, that's one of the good ones and that's one of the bad ones. And it's good that I don't do that because it changes by the day. If that's the language I wanted to use, it's like, depends on what day it is, good and bad. But I don't line my kids up in the morning and go, the two of you, you're on the good side, the two of you, you're on the bad side. They're just mine. They're my children. They're mine. And I love them, the good and the bad. I am not a better father than our God, right? I'm not, like none of us, you love your kids the same way, those who have kids, at least most days you try to. They make it hard sometimes, but, but we're not better parents than God. He does not define us by, by good and bad. We are loved by our creator and when we put our faith in Jesus, scripture says that he adopts us into his family and Jesus gives us this amazing opportunity. And it's the opportunity to go back to the tree of life. In John chapter 15, verse five, Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus gives us this chance to live connected to him and he is like a, a tree of life. And now, instead of living our lives defined by are we doing good, are we doing bad, have we had a good day, a bad day, a good year, a bad year, we can breathe, we can rest, we can take all that burden off and realize that at the end of the day, what you are is you are his. You belong to him and he loves you, the good and the bad. And it's our purpose as a church to help people get back to that. It's our purpose as a church to help people understand that they're not failures, that they're not screw ups, that yes, we all have our stuff, right? We all have our issues, we all have our mistakes. Some of us are better at hiding them than others. Some of us have actually had major mistakes in life and we never got caught. We have clean background checks because we never got caught. <laughs> Some of us weren't so lucky. But we've all messed up. We all have our, our baggage like we talked about last week. But what we have is a God who, because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, frankly doesn't really care that much about our baggage because he's already paid the price for it. It's paid for, it's done, it's over. And he paid a premium to have a restored relationship with us. So we are a tree of life church. We want people to come back to that dynamic with God because we're able to. We can choose to go ahead and live our lives, good and bad, good and bad, right and wrong, obsessed with rules, that becomes a religion and it, it like kills you on the inside. But Jesus is about life. And it's been so amazing over the last 15 years to watch people not just connect with Jesus, but also to let go of, of that burden of having to, to perform and earn it on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't have to earn it with God. That's our purpose. We're a tree of life church and we're a church, by the way, for everybody. We love everybody. And in this community, there's no group of people that isn't welcome here. There's no group of people that, that we wouldn't want to be here to hear about who Jesus is. We teach the truth. Sometimes the truth is inconvenient and hard, but we don't worry about that stuff. We let God sort that out. We love people because we're a tree of life church. So let's keep going. Let's talk about the word connection. We, we know we are the church. Here's kind of the purpose of our church. What was next? Is it unity? It was unity. It doesn't really matter. Let's go to unity. How about that? Let's mix it up. Unity, there it is. It's just five words, that's all I had to do, was remember five words. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's, that's pretty intense. Jesus says that it's our love for each other that's gonna prove to the world that we belong to him. Think about that, not even our love for the world. Not, not the good things that we do, not all the, the, the community service. I mean, that video we showed, two years worth of, of community service highlights, I mean, incredible stuff. It's not that. I mean, our church, we even got featured on the news in a big way because of all the stuff we were doing for the victims of tornadoes that happened up in Kentucky just a few months ago. They were blown away by all the, the, the outreach that poured into this place. But even that stuff, that's great, but that's not what Jesus says would prove to the world that we belong to him. He said it's our love for one another. We're supposed to be incredibly unified. 
And it's interesting because when we decided to, to kind of come back from the whole COVID break, and you know, we were one of the first churches that, that had to pause because uh, the very first case of COVID that happened in Cherokee County was, was someone really close to connect with our church. That was fun. I was like, thanks Lord for us to get to be the guinea pigs and all that. And so we, we paused because we were like everybody, we had no idea what was going on. And then we were actually one of the first churches to come back when we realized, hey, this is kind of what this is and this is how we're gonna go about it. But I remember coming out of that and praying and having this sense that we needed to come back as a one service church, which was very odd because it's the complete opposite of how growing churches operate. Growing churches add services and then they add campuses and they're a multi-campus, multi-site, multi-service church. And, and we were growing, we had two services and we weren't struggling to, to put people in the rooms. And so it was like one, one service. And the word I kept getting was just unity. And I'll kind of pull the curtain back and, and explain you know, some of the things that we were frankly kind of tired of. And this applies to those of us in, in this role, at least I can speak for myself. You know, I was tired of, of at the end of the first gathering having to like get the group of people out to get the next group of people in. Because I love to just hang out and be available and talk to whoever's here. And, and I hated the fact that if the Holy Spirit moved in a really cool way during the first service and in worship, it was like amazing. And then like the next service, it was like, we gotta try to like make that happen again. Because you can't make that happen. You can't manufacture the Holy Spirit moving. And I'd be like, oh man, I hated that dynamic. And maybe most importantly, I hated the idea that like this could be your church and someone that you live two doors away from you could also be theirs and you never know it because you just never see each other. You know, I was like, I, if we, there's nothing wrong with multi-service, like, but I feel like we, we need to be one group of people. And when someone gets baptized, we all need to see it. And when something happens, we all need to be there for that. We all, we all need to be together. And it's given us this amazing freedom. Like today, afterwards, there's some food trucks. And, and by the way, I'm supposed to mention this, Sandra would get mad at me if I didn't. Not only do we have food trucks um, for kids, we actually have free food for, for kids, like Lunchables and things like that. Because let's be honest, food trucks can be kind of pricey and not exactly like kid food a lot of times, you know what I mean? And so um, we, that's something that you'll have as an option today if you wanna stick around for that. But like the ability to do that, to say, hey, just stick around. I get to say stick around so much. We can just stick around and hang out and be together and eat together and do fun stuff together. Or if you need someone to talk to and pray with, you don't have to worry about having to hurry out of here. This is your home. This is your house. This is your home. This is where you get to be. And so we're unified and we're together. And what that means, and this is kind of funny because it's a made up category. Um, we're just gonna be the largest one service church in America. That's who we're gonna be. It's like a category that we've made up and it's gonna, I'm gonna be honest, it's gonna get hard at times. Like going out it this way has its, its own challenges. I know I joke about this, but like we're getting to the point where some of you are just gonna have to park at Lowe's. Um, you're just gonna have to. And, is, and can I ask the question, like show of hands, would anyone be willing to do that? Like you would say, I'd find parking at Lowe's. And we would have, look, we would have like police helping. You wouldn't have to just gun it and hope you make it across, right? It's not the way it's gonna work. Like, well, if you have faith, you just walk and... God's with you, you know, we'll find out. Find out who prayed this morning, no. Uh, no, like we'll, we'll do it well, but like that's gonna happen. Our kids areas, you know, kind of like we're getting really creative and we knew this going in that we would have to rearrange where our kids are and we're gonna need volunteers to, to help with that. We need more kids volunteers. I'm just being honest, we have a lot of kids, I'm gonna talk about this later. We need more kids volunteers and we probably always will. It's just the way it's gonna be because we have a ton of kids and that's what a growing, thriving church is, especially when we're all together. But I am more than willing to figure out those logistical issues if it means that we can be one united group of people. Is anyone else on board with that? Because I, I really like it. That's good, okay. We're unified. We're moving right along. Let's talk about connection. So uh, about a month and a half ago, the microwave in our house wasn't working. And we have like an oven and microwave that's one unit. So it's kind of complicated. It's not like, oh, just go get a new microwave and put it on. It's like all one thing. And so I had to call a repair company. I, I shut the power off, turn it back on. That was the end of my fixing it ability. And there was an error code and I called. So this guy comes and he, he takes this whole thing out of the wall and he puts it back and it works. And I'm like, what did you do? He's like, oh, there's just a loose connection. And he charged me $300, <laughs> you know? All right, uh, 
That's all he said. Oh yeah, just this, these two wires were kind of loose. So I just pushed them together. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, how much would it have been if you really had to fix it? Never mind. Don't tell me. And so it's amazing how costly a loose connection can be. You know, like how, how costly a loose connection can be. And actually in some situations, a loose connection can be like dangerous. We cannot afford to be loosely connected to God. And we really can't afford to be loosely connected to each other. And so one of the things we've been working on the hardest for the last year, literally like starting from scratch, saying we are going to, to start from, from the ground up and build and, and rebuild the strongest connection type ministry that we've ever had as a church. And so um, let me explain some things that are gonna go along with that. I have a packet right here that will soon be available at the Connect Desk in the main lobby, and it is just absolutely filled with groups and classes and all kinds of opportunities for everyone you can imagine to sink their teeth into something and plug in here. Um, it's, I have one hand available because I use a handheld, so it's just multiple pages, as you can see. I'm trying to display this somehow. This is failing. In my mind, this went differently, but okay. Um, lots of pages, front and back too, and that's all gonna get started really, really soon. Um, like I said, there's classes, there's groups, there's gonna be like big gatherings, opportunities like, like women. We're starting something that we used to do a few years ago that we paused called Sacred. That's starting back really soon. It's awesome. Yeah, you're gonna enjoy that. Um, men, you can come and move chairs for Sacred, you know, get a workout in, help with that if you want. Um, you know, we have a guys group that's actually started about a year ago every single Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. right over here in the coffee shop area. And it's got like 40 guys that come now. And there's no reason that couldn't continue growing. And so guys, you're all invited to that. But that, those are just a few of all the, the types of connections that we have. Something else that we're starting. We've never done this before. But we've got people who we've been working with and talking to. In fact, after we're done in here, I've got to go into a meeting to meet with this amazing group of people who have, have signed up to be what we're calling mentors. Sometimes we desire to grow and we realize that we need help getting there. You know, there's certain types of growth that just happen automatically. And there's certain types of growth that will not happen unless someone who's been where you haven't been is there to sort of walk you through it. And so, is that, am I the only one hearing the beep? I just wanna make sure. I don't know. Okay, just me, good. All right. So anyway, like we're gonna have people, we're gonna have mentors. And if you say, hey, you know, I'm really serious about growing in my faith. I really want to grow, but I need some help. I need someone to walk me through it. I need someone to sort of show me the ropes. We'll have people that we can connect you to that can do that. Something else that we're doing in terms of connection, really excited about this. Starting Wednesday, March 23rd, every Wednesday night, our coffee shop is gonna be open. And you can come and you can hang out here and you can grab a coffee if you want to. You can open up scripture. There will be different groups that'll be meeting together. There'll be a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study. Uh, Megan and I, along with another couple, are starting a class that is, uh, what's happening? We're gonna start a class, and it's a marriage class. You clapped before you even knew what it was about. Uh, I don't know. So we're starting a marriage class called The Mission of Marriage along with Jason and Sheila Keith. There'll be a four-week class happening on those Wednesday nights. There'll be all kinds of stuff going on. The art group meets on Wednesday nights, just all kinds of stuff. And so Wednesday evenings, you can be here and, and you can take part in those things or you can just hang out. And you can, you can grab a coffee, you can open up your Bible. It's also gonna happen on Tuesdays during the workday, every single Tuesday from you know, about nine in the morning until four, four thirty, five o'clock, the coffee shop's gonna be open. We'll get all that nailed down, but it's just a place, like guys, this is your home. This is your church, so you can be here. You can come here, and if it grows, we'll open it up more often. But we're gonna start with Wednesday nights. We're gonna start with Tuesday during the day. And there's gonna be all kinds of resources where if you just say, I wanna go grow closer to God, you should be able to say, I know where I can go. My church, right? I'll go there, and there's people there that can help you grow. Really exciting stuff, and, and like even little things, like there's this, uh, these little cards that we're creating that if you, you come, and maybe you're like, I haven't really read the Bible that much, I wanna do it more, but I don't know where to start. You can pick up cards, and it'll say something like, have you ever read this book? And it'll frame it for you and explain some themes in it and even have like links that you can, with a QR code with your phone that'll take you to videos that help frame it so that when you open it up, you can engage with it like never before. My point is, we're gonna do everything we can to have stronger connections together because we're unified, we're gonna be connected together and we're gonna do everything we can to help strengthen your connection with God. And so I'm so excited about all of that stuff coming up. That's all gonna start 
in March. So March 23rd, Wednesday night, that's kind of the kickoff, and I can't wait to see what happens. So just be on the lookout for that. Last word, right? That was four? Good, I'm looking at the clock. We're doing so good. All right, here we go. This is a fun one. Let's talk about health. Like, if we're gonna be a body, I joked earlier, let's be a healthy body. And I think I said, let's have abs, because I've never seen mine. And I haven't, ever before. I don't know what they look like. I think they're there, but don't know. It's a mystery. Like, if we're gonna be a church, and the church is the body of, of Jesus, let's be a healthy body. Let's be active. And so are we healthy? And obviously, like, not perfectly, no one is. There's all kinds of areas that we can grow in. And by the way, if you ever notice one of those, share it. I actually don't mind when people come up and say, hey, I thought of something that could help our church. Now, what you'll probably find is we've realized that too, those of us in leadership, because we're always looking at the church and trying to say, how can we be better? But, but we wanna be a healthy body. But I, I really wanna say this, and I mean this, I don't think we've ever been healthier than we are right now. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm so excited to kind of share what's gotten us to this place and what kinds of things we can do because of that. Okay, so there's a few different things that you sort of use to gauge if you're healthy as a church. It's, it's part of it's just like a feeling and a vibe, right? Like if all of you were here every Sunday and you're just like stoic and unfeeling and that would not be, that wouldn't be a sign of health, but you're not. So you guys and the joy and the love that you guys display every single week, every time you're here, you guys are a huge sign of health. So thank you very, very much. I look at baptisms. You know, if you don't know this, uh, in the main lobby, that light fixture that we have, it's not just to light up that room, it's symbolic. There's 300 light bulbs. Every time someone gets baptized, we turn another bulb on. And then when it fills up, we start from scratch and we put a projection of our logo, the, the hands with the tree on the ground. Each of those represents 300 people. And what's really cool is that at some point in the next year, with all likelihood, um, we will have filled it up again and it will officially be over 2,000 people baptized, committing their lives to Jesus since we started as a church, which is awesome. That's so cool. Um, one of the things I look at is children. Our church is jam-packed with kids. On an average Sunday, sometimes 30, over 30 usually, and sometimes up to 40% of our attendance is under the age of 18. And that is amazing. Our hallways are, are filled with the laughter and sometimes misbehavior of children. And it's great. It's great because I'll tell you this, if, if you have a church and it isn't filled with children, that is a church that's in serious trouble 10, 20, 30 years down the road. We love children. And it's a huge part of what we do. And it's one of the reasons that I talk so much about our kids' areas, because it's easy for us in here to just forget that all that's going on. Even if you're someone who doesn't have kids, maybe your kids are grown and that's a different part of your life, you should be excited about how alive our children's areas are. You should check out, go to our website, look at the kinds of things that we create, custom create for our kids' areas. It's, it's amazing, the curriculum, the teaching, the worship. Herb, who was on stage this morning, Herb leads our kids' worship team. They're phenomenal, they're amazing. And so our kids have, and I'll give you an example of how awesome this is. Uh, I got a phone call last night from one of my, my oldest friends, and they, they go to church here, but the parents weren't able to be here this morning. And so this friend calls us and says, hey, can you guys give me a ride? Here's a like a middle school kid who's like, I don't wanna miss church. That's like, I would call that a minor miracle, okay? Like a middle school, you know, your parent, you could sleep in, but no, I wanna come early and we, we brought him and, and he's awesome and their family's awesome, but that kind of stuff is, is great. Now with that, I mentioned this, that whole take part, like if you're gonna be part of the body, take part in it, we, we just need help in our kids' areas. And I've put this out so many times and I'm just gonna say it over and over again. If you can help with children, we need you, all right? We just, we do. We have a lot of kids and that's an amazing responsibility. I'm gonna leave this on the screen for just a few minutes. It's a QR code. You can pull your phone up on the camera, click it, sign up right now uh, and do it now. Go to the Connect Desk, but I'm we, we need like 20, 30 more people in our kids' areas and we're good. And we talk about wanting to be one service, unified, simple, together. That's part, that's part of it. We're gonna have a lot of kids. So we just need help. And we're gonna make sure that volunteering in the kids' areas is never this huge burden. It isn't. Uh, it can feel like that, but right when it feels like that, we give you a big break. That's the way it works, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And as a, a former youth pastor, that's what I was here for about seven years. I can tell you one of the biggest struggles I had as a youth pastor is every time we talk about the cool things happening in the kids' areas, there'd be like cheers. And then every time we had an opportunity for people to sign up in kids' areas, it'd be like crickets. <laughs> it's tough. 
And we have an amazing kids team and youth team that works tirelessly to connect with kids. And so I just wanna ask, I said today's gonna be an opportunity to plug in. That's a huge opportunity. So join a kids team or else. I'm just joking, there's nowhere else. Um, <laughs> let's talk financial health. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you guys a story about the, my brain just went to the Fresh Prince song. Hold on, I gotta get that on my head. Um, so when I, when I stepped into this role, it was in a really interesting season and we were in a really good, but also kind of like scary place, at least from my perspective as a church, financially. And so if you don't know the story of, of the finances here, um, and I'm gonna tell this, I'm giving myself a, like 10 minutes tops and we're done. So we're a unique church. We are probably the only church in America that has a facility like the one that we have and we didn't have to sacrifice to make it happen. You know, most churches, I have friends who are pastors. Most churches, what ends up happening is like, you know, you start meeting in a small area, you know, like a, a school maybe, and you set up and you tear down, and you set up, and then eventually your people, they, they give and give and give, and then you have enough to maybe buy a property, and then years and years go by, and you give and you give and you give, and you set aside, and then you have enough to build a building. This was a Kmart, and the couple who started our church, Stephen, Susan, Craig, had an incredibly successful business, sold it, and did what almost no one who has money ever does. They prayed and said, God, this is yours. What do you want us to do with it? And God said, buy a Kmart and start a church, which is weird. It's a weird thing to say. He didn't say it like that. He, he put it on both their hearts to, to start a church. And this building is where God led them. And so the uh, total cost, and I'm, uh, this is really close, but it's just a, an estimation to keep it nice and round. The total cost of the property and the renovations was $20 million. Steve and Susan paid 10 of it. The other 10, we got a loan from Bank of America. And then uh, about a year and a half into our church's existence here, the financial crash of 2008, that whole season happened. And we were in a lot of trouble because the bank was like, you guys are nowhere near self-sustaining and we're nervous. And so they, the bank was gonna basically pull out. And Steve and Susan took basically everything they had left and paid off Bank of America as, as a loan to the church, not as a gift, but as a loan, but a 0% interest loan. So I step into the lead role and it's like a $20 million building, 10 million paid off, but also, you know, 10 million not. And that was a huge thing to me, like what in the world? And, and on top of that, we had very little money in the bank and all these things were starting to break, you know, 10, 11 years in, things that were new 10 years ago in your house, your car, whatever, they started breaking down. And so we had all this equipment that was expensive and it was like starting to fail and, and we didn't have enough in the bank to pay for it. And I remember the roof, you guys who were here for years, you know about the roof, $350,000 to replace the roof. This roof was still the original Kmart roof, 30 years old, leaked every time it rained. And I remember one day I'm walking through the building and I'm stressed out of my mind. And I'm like, God, I have no idea. It just doesn't, it seems like it's not gonna work. And I, I, I was praying, but again, it wasn't that like, God, you're amazing. I just can't wait to see what you're gonna do. It was like, God, help. And, and I got this sense in my spirit and it was really direct and clear, like a question. And it was, it was basically as if God was asking me, hey, did I ask you to build this building? And I'm like, no, sir. You know, I was like, all right, then stop. You've got other things to focus on. And so I just kind of had to keep going. And so let me explain where we're at. This is so cool. And I'm probably gonna, uh, I'm probably gonna tear up because you know, I have emotions. I'm an emotional, healthy human being. Just ask my wife, she'll tell you that. Uh, so about five years ago, um, right about the time that, that Susan passed away, um, they, uh, they forgave $5 million of what we owed on the building. And we were making payments you know, and, and, and whatnot. But uh, that was huge, right? $5 million. Like anyone in the world would take that. We weren't like, nah. Uh, so all of a sudden, that was a lot less. And then, um, about two years ago, Steve forgave over $4 million of what was left, which meant that we were out of debt as a church. And so today, we have zero debt at all as a church.
And it was not that long ago that I was out in that lobby looking at the leaking roof and going, Lord, I don't know what we're gonna do. We have this $10 million of debt. And God was like, shut up and do your job. <laughs> like, and, and we have to understand the gift that's been given to us. It's like such an amazing picture of God's grace because we didn't earn that. Like we didn't, we didn't buy that. It's been given to us. And it's been given to us to steward and to take care of. It's a gift. And like I said, we may be the only church in America that has a gift like this given to us in the way that it was given. It's amazing. If you see Steve, don't thank him. He's an introvert. He'll hate it. <laughs> but, but pray and thank God for that. There's more. So in 2019, the last time we had one of these conversations, we kicked off something called Our Turn. And Our Turn was all about the fact that, you know, we had all these big costs that had kind of risen over the years. And it was the roof and it was all this, this stuff, you know, it's just, it's, it's stuff. It's like, anyone here have a driveway that you've had to resurface at some point in your life? Anyone at all? Right, it's not super cheap. A giant parking lot, more expensive. But, you know, we, we work really hard and God's really good and we try to find unique ways to do it. We have a guy who goes here named Glenn. Glenn is amazing and he owns an asphalt company and he's like gonna do it for us and all we have to pay for is the materials because all the labor is being donated, which is insane. Like God always does unique, cool things like that, right? But it's, yeah. But like my point is that, you know, it's like if we need to recarpet something, it's like, oh, excuse me? I remember we recarpeted the coffee shop. The coffee shop is like 10,000 square feet. And I'm like, what? That doesn't, it's like, it doesn't make sense, okay? So stuff gets expensive. And so we laid all this out in 2019 and we called it Our Turn. And, and I've got some numbers that I wanna show you guys real quick from Our Turn. So in 2019, we said it was $1.3 million of costs. That included the roof, that included all kinds of, of other things. That, and this was like stuff that's broken or almost about to break. And we wanna operate and be a really healthy church, right? So since that time, uh, we have had $862,000 donated. And I wanna let you guys know very little of that has been large donations. That's what's really cool. Very little of that has been like some, it's not like there was one giant check that covered that. It's been just you guys giving here and there. And we were doing that all of 2019, made huge accomplishments in 2019, redid the roof that happened in 2019. And what's really crazy is that first Sunday of March in 2020 was the Sunday that I was scheduled to get up and say, okay guys, now here's where we're at with our turn, let's finish this. And then the first Sunday of 2020 was the first Sunday that we were shut down. And so here's what we did as a church, we just paused it. We just said, you know what, everything's crazy right now, we're not gonna worry about it, we're not gonna push our people and try to like, no, we're just gonna put this to the side and we'll pick it back up whenever it's time. And so I don't think I've mentioned our turn from the stage, if I did it may have been one time, but it wasn't like an ask to give, but I haven't mentioned it since 2019, it's been two years. Or, no, yeah, 2020 was when we were gonna do So it's been three years, actually, since I really talked about it. But in two years, we haven't talked about it at all. What we didn't pause for those two years is all of the ministry and all the outreach that you guys saw in that video. All right, so let me keep going. 2022, there's this thing called inflation. It's awesome. Um, 1.5 million, because things are, have gone up in price. And so there's $655,800 remaining. So I have a spreadsheet right here. Who loves spreadsheets? Oh, they're so wonderful. You love, Cheryl, you would love spreadsheets. This is gonna be one of my favorite moments of all time. All right, so this spreadsheet details every single cost, every project that's left for our turn. Because that's how much was left, it's off the screen, it's okay. So here's what we're gonna do, watch this. Yeah. This is the cool thing, it's done. So last year uh, was a really interesting year and there were some really neat things that happened. Shout out to Mike Bianchi, our accountant, who figured out that we qualified for a payroll refund thing with the federal government and we got that. That was like an unexpected thing. We had a, a couple of really, uh, yeah, you clap for payroll refunds. Go federal government, right? 
we hate the federal government when they take our money, but when they're giving it away, we're like, oh, I don't mind the federal government that much. Back to hating the government. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, next Sunday is our a new series called God and Government. And so uh, feel free to come. It's going to be awesome. See, it's going to be super interesting. A really good time. So we had, we had um, a couple really, really generous donations at the end of last year that we were not expecting. And so this last week, had a board meeting. We have an incredible board. And we sat and we were looking at all these costs. And as we talked about it and we looked at what, what we've been able to set aside, because I want you guys to understand this, as a church, we have a very small budget for a church our size. And when large donations come in, um, we don't take like all expenses paid retreats with our staff to some exotic place. Uh, we, uh, we don't, we set it aside. And we ask God, what do you want us to do with it? And so because of those things, we were able to set enough aside over the last two years to just pay for all of it and it'd be done. So it's done. Now, how many of you thought that just a few seconds ago it was about to happen? That we were about to do the whole dig deep in your pockets. How, be honest, like how many of you felt that and you were like, here we go, fundraiser? No, but this is the power that I wanna share in this as we wrap up. And I got one more exciting thing to tell you. When, when God is good, which he always is, that's a, that's a constant, God is always good. And people are faithful. And, and I, I don't say this with any pride, but I, I believe this about, and it's not just me, this is our whole leadership team at the church. Everyone that runs a ministry, our board, you name it. When, when God is good, constant, people are faithful, and, and leadership is wise, this is the kind of stuff that happens. This is the kind of stuff that happens. We just, we get to, to be healthy, you know? And so God has been really good, and he always is. You guys have been faithful. And you've, you've given and you've served and you've just done that without being pressured because we never pressure and we never will. And what we as, as leadership have done have just said, hey, let's set this aside and let's just be really wise with it and ask God what he wants us to do with it. And so here we are and let's be honest, it's a really interesting time and inflation is really high. And rather than us having to go to, to all of you and say, hey, now's the time to dig a little deeper, we can all come together and say, it's done. So, so here's what's gonna be awesome. In the next several months, all these, these projects, all these things that we've been you know, having to try to tackle or hold on, and hit, we're gonna be able, we're just doing it. And it's gonna, be, it's gonna be awesome and exciting. And here's what it's gonna let us do. And this is, a, this is the shift I talked about earlier. I wanna read you Luke chapter 14. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen. I wanna try them out. Please excuse me. Another one said, this is my favorite. I just got married, so I can't come. I love that. Because I have used my wife as an excuse not to do things so many times. And it goes back to the Bible. It's biblical. Can't do it. If it wasn't for her, you know, I'd be there, but you know, she, I, I can do it. It's never how Megan is, it's just a nice excuse. Um, so the servant returned and he told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For the last eight years that I've been in this role, we have been growing. We've been like re relatively healthy, just doing great. But there's also always been these, these projects and these things that we're like, ah, oh, we, we can't go full speed because we gotta take care of that. Or we've gotta kind of dance around this thing until we can figure it out. Guys, that's all done. God is taking care of it because he is good, because you're faithful, because we're being wise as a church, that stuff's done. And so today, instead of me having to stand here and be like, guys, it's time to like show your faith with your checkbooks, instead of doing that, which let's be honest, no one enjoys that. Like, no, no one's like, you know what I would love to do with my Friday night? Go to a fundraiser uh, event, right? It's hard, but God's taking care of it. So you know what we can do now? We can go out, we can invite every single person in our community that we know that is hurting, that is broken, 
Every person that feels like they failed, every person who feels like they don't measure up, every person who feels like they're not you know, good enough for God, like that's who this church is for. We can go out and we can make sure that every single seat is full because we don't have to worry about trying to take care of those problems, those issues, solving those things. God's taking care of it for us. So now it's time for us as a church just to say, hey, bring whoever you know that needs Jesus. Bring them, by the way, even if they're the last person you would ever expect to step foot in a church because this is a place where they can sit under the shade of the tree of life, reconnect with Jesus, experience the love that God has for them, become part of the family of God that they're meant to be. And we can do this, by the way, with a kind of focus and aggression that we've never done before because for the first time in the history of our church, all this stuff, the building, the debt, all of the projects and stuff, it's done. Amen. It's done. It's awesome. Like, how exciting is this? This is awesome. Now, as far as like, what do we do from here? Well, I just wanna keep being faithful. That's it. You know, keep serving, keep praying, keep being the joyful, loving people that you are. Invite everyone you can think of that, that needs Jesus. Those of you who are givers, keep giving. Keep giving to the general fund. I know it's a sacrifice. My wife and I do it too. But be, if you hadn't done what you had been doing, we would never be in this position. We would never be in a position where we can say, hey, it's good, we got it. And if you're here and this is your church and, and giving isn't something you've done, start. Just start giving, pray about that. I've never known a person who regretted that decision, but there's no pressure. Because think about it this way, if, if you're someone who hasn't given, God got us to this point without you giving anything. Like we didn't need you. <laughs> but imagine what we could do in the future, imagine the kinds of things we could say yes to if you did. And with that in mind, I got one more final thing. And I know it's kind of a later Sunday, but you guys are amazing. I wanna show you guys a logo. This is like the final fun thing I get to talk about today. Um, it kind of looks like ours, right? Hands holding up something. That's hands holding a, like a, a roof of a house. Ours is hands with a tree. That is the logo of a church called Life Builders Church. And it's, uh, and I'm not saying it correctly because it's a Spanish speaking church in Cherokee County. And in Spanish, it is someone yell it. Say it again. Edificadores de vida? Yeah. All right, let's go. You got it. So, um, Life Builders Church in English is. Uh, they're amazing people. Carlos, their pastor, and I, we have uh, spent a lot of time together in the last several months. And in the last eight years, they've gone from about 30 people to 250 people, which is awesome, right? So they're, they're some of them are joining us this morning. That's not easy. And they've grown to the point that the space that they're, they've just outgrown their space. And they've been meeting in, a, in another church uh, in the afternoons for several years, not very far from here. But an opportunity has come up where we are going to be able to make this place their home. And so, it was really cool. Yeah. And so their service starts at 1.30, that's when they've always been. And you know, guys, this is the, the hand of God, right? We make this decision kind of strangely, like it, sort of out of the blue to, to move to be a one service church, one gathering, and because of that, we have this room so when this opportunity came up, I'm like, we are perfectly positioned. It's like God, is, it's like God knows what he's doing. And here we are, <laughs> and we are perfectly positioned to say yes to this opportunity. And I remember five years ago, I was backstage, and we were doing an update about our, our partnership in Guatemala. And, uh, and I was just very aware, for the first time, I think, because of that partnership, you know, sometimes you're blind to things until your eyes are open to them. I was just very aware of the Spanish speaking community in Cherokee County and it's a large one and it's growing. And I remember having the thought, there's nothing like, like a his hands for that group of people. You know, there, there's no place that they, they go to on a Sunday morning that can do like the things that we get to do here. And there should be, and now there will be. And what's amazing is their leadership, incredible. Um, and so starting uh, the Sunday after Easter, I think they might be with us for Easter. We're gonna work out all those details, but right about then, um, they're, gonna, they're gonna have this on Sunday afternoons. And we're going to be able to come alongside them as a church because we're healthy. And I want you to understand this. this is the, these are the things we can do, the big things we get to do because we're healthy. 
You know, we, they've gone from 30 to 250, and here they can go to well over 1,000 and make a massive impact for the Spanish-speaking people in our community like has never happened before in our county. And their logo is two hands for crying out loud. I mean, like, come on. Like, it's like, it's meant for us, you know? And so I'm gonna wrap up just by saying this. We are in a really cool place. We're a church. Go back full circle to that word, we're a church. And we're a healthy church. And we've been growing and we've been wise and you've been faithful and God's been really good. And so let's be more unified than we've ever been before. Let's be more active than we've ever been before. Let's go out, let's invite every person we can think of. Let's fill up every single seat. Let's watch what God does in the future and let's remember that when we're faithful and we're healthy, the kinds of opportunities we have to say yes to things that we couldn't say otherwise, guys, we get to make a massive impact in this community and in this world. And I have never been more proud and humbled to be part of His Hands Church. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for being the church. Who's excited about the future? Like, let's keep going. Come on, all right. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna finish with something kind of fun and then, uh, you know, food trucks. So God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these amazing friends. Lord, thank you for what you're doing here. This is incredible. This is so incredible that we get to be part of this place and, and to watch how you have provided millions of dollars that frankly, Lord, we can't afford as a church because we're not the church with a bunch of BMWs in the parking lot. But you provided it in unexpected ways because that's who you are, that's what you do. You've given us amazing people. You've given us incredible opportunities to reach out and impact the world around us. Lord, you love us so much and you've put us in this unique position of health that now we can actually come alongside other churches and say, hey, let's help you be what you're meant to be, Lord. And I do pray for Life Builders Church and I believe, God, that they are ready for so much more that you've gotten them to this place where they're ready for so much more, Lord. And we are honored to be able to come alongside them and help them step into that more but it's you that's gonna do it. I pray, Lord, that you just humble us this morning, that we would walk out of this place realizing the unbelievable privilege that it is to be part of this church. This is a unique place. You do unique things here, Lord, because you love this place. We love you. We thank you for all that you're doing, for all that you are. It's in your name we pray, amen.